What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to Experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Hey everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And tonight we are talking about one of my favorite films from last year, um, Ghostbusters Afterlife will be our first topic. And then after that, we are going to get into a motion picture that's nominated for many uh, Academy Awards. It's like a lot of them, right? It's a lot of them. And Oscars, too. Yeah. Well, the, the Academy Awards are the Oscars. Oh, are they really? Are they really yeah. different things? Whoops. No. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to take off these headphones because I can hear myself a little bit. Uh, and it's driving me crazy. Um, but before we get into that, uh, we just watched some trailers from the, over the weekend that just came out. Uh, we're going to talk about a few of them, but we're going to talk first about a trailer that just came out today that I had an image for, but I forgot to pull it in before we went live. So um, the Chippendale Rescue Rangers trailer dropped today for the Disney Plus movie starring Andy Samberg and John Mulaney. And we want to talk about it because we all have some thoughts on it. I love this is what we start with, by the yeah. way. <laughs> like, we're going to get to Academy Awards, but we're starting with Chippendale. Yeah, you got you to gotta build up to that. <laughs> you got to build up to Good, that. Okay. Man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I'm super excited for this movie. I, did, I was excited when they announced the cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm even more excited to know who's behind the scenes of this. And the extended cast of this film just looks phenomenal. Yeah. I okay yeah <laughs> no you but you got to go into your thing because yeah. you're the reason why I'm excited about this yeah okay so my big thing is I'm the only movie that's ever had like a CGI cartoon character in in a live action movie that I've liked has been the Sonic the Hedgehog movie and that's because he's an alien and there's sure. really no other like you know ones like him on Earth and it's you know and just the way that it's made if it, it fits it's fine mm-hmm. that doesn't fall into my pet peeves like with um. You know, like Garfield has and the Smurfs. Like the Smurfs and stuff like that. This one cements itself in a world with um, Roger Rabbit. Because Roger right. Rabbit does a cameo within the trailer. So it's not really a spoiler because it's a trailer. No. So it doesn't matter. But Roger Rabbit is in the trailer and is a character along with other animated people. Mm-hmm. Meaning <laughs> that this world is the same film universe as... Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which means there's a Toontown, which means Toons exist already, and humans and cartoon characters coexist. If cameos and trailers are are spoilers at this point, we're not going to be able to talk about a trailer we can't. later on. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, I mean, does this mean it's a spiritual successor to Who Framed Roger Rabbit then? Like, you think it's literally set like that in way. that world? Yes, like, I do. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I can buy that. I can also buy it as Roger Rabbit's an actor who starred in a film in the 80s called Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I, you There's know that, what? too. The thing that worries me, though, is that, like, at some point I saw, like, the ponies from My Little Pony walk by, and I went, like, oh, no, are they doing a Space Jam thing? I mean, it's only Disney characters. I only saw Disney characters. I don't know what you're talking about. The, the ponies from My Little Pony were there. 
Like there were you, ponies. You but... saw the tops of their heads, and they're like little like like rainbow shaped butts. I, I don't. Oh, okay. Well, I thought they were there, but like I, I don't have as much of a history with My Little Pony as you do. I don't one. have a history with My Little Pony. So <laughs> I have to say, I uh... did watch the toys that make us thing on My Little Pony, which uh... I will say is the best. The toys that made us. Is it really? Thing. Oh, it is. Uh-huh. There is so much about that toy that I did not realize. Okay. And okay. there's, oh my God, it, it's it's so good. I never played with My Little Pony, but yeah. that episode on that toy and like the creation of it and yeah. like the backstabbing that went on creating that toy is just amazing. The backstabbing behind oh, My Little Pony? Oh, you need to see it. Yeah. All right. I'm going to have to see it. <laughs> I, no, I'm with you. I'll do it. Um. Yeah, I actually was able to pull up the tri- the image here. Oh, you did? Yeah, it's right yeah. by me. So, uh, yeah. Oh, look at that. Um, so yeah, that was a fun trailer that dropped today while we were doing some other stuff. And we're like, hey, we should talk about this on the show. Yeah. So here we are talking about it. We did it. Uh, but there were some other trailers that dropped over the weekend. There was this sports thing that happened. Just, just uh, say it. There's the Super Bowl. Thank we're not going <laughs> we're not going to get into the details of the game because it's le- legally we're not allowed to. Oh, right, uh, you're not. Yeah, yeah. no, we're not. Uh, but we're going to talk about the the advertising. We can talk about that a bit. Okay, we can talk about uh, that. I didn't pull up an image just for the commercials, but do you guys have any favorite commercials from the Super Bowl this year? <laughs> I have you go. Okay, well, right. yeah. The one commercial that that like made me feel any type of emotion at all was the one with LeBron James when he's, like, talking to himself as a kid. I don't even know what company it was for. But just (laughs) the fact that, like, they had LeBron James there, they had him talking to himself as, you know, like, right when he got pretty much drafted to to play in the NBA, just kind of, like, reassuring himself that everything will be okay. Yeah. Like, I really liked that, and I kind of connected to it. Why, I have no idea. But I did. Um, That's good, though. And then there were a host of others that I found funny. But, um... Meaning, like, Jim Carrey and the cable guy, redoing his cable guy role, that was good. That was good, yeah. yeah. I, that was one of the two that I would bring up. The other one that I bring up is, God, it's such an L.A. story, but I'm I'm so excited because you guys have to hear me do this. So, was it E-Trade? Yeah. The baby, where they brought the E-Trade baby back? Pete Holmes' is E-Trade baby. Pete Holmes' is E-Trade after... baby, which I really love because I love Pete Holmes. But in that trailer, two people walk off of the helicopter. One of them I don't know. One of them is somebody I did comedy with for three years named Ambika. She's amazing. She's so funny. And I'm glad she's in the Super Bowl trailer now. <laughs> also, like, good job, Ambika. Well done. Uh, you should get her on the show. I would. Oh, my God. I should get her on the show. If you're watching, Ambika, which I know you're not, you <laughs> definitely be on our show. We'll, we'll, we'll post that bit on Instagram. And Please do. Her. Please. Yeah. We'll just, yeah, make sure she gets it. Uh, for she's going to see this and go, man, that dork. No. Oh, I don't. Devin. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Oh, that guy. Oh. So before halftime, I I didn't really have any snack foods for the game. So I was yeah. like, I'm going to go to McDonald's. I was like, oh, do I want to order Uber Eats? As I'm going out the door to, to get McDonald's, yeah. the Uber Eats commercial came on that had all the celebrities. Yeah. Where Gwyneth Paltrow takes a bite out of her uh, vagina scented candle. Oh. And it's like, oh, that tastes weird. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Like yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't. I, yeah. I missed that part. Uh, so that was a good one. Ugh. I also enjoyed the um, the T-Mobile commercial with Zach Braff and Donald Faison, where oh, they sing yeah. uh, a parody of "I I Feel Pretty" uh, because I need more scrubs in my life. Yes, we all do. Um, what was the other one I enjoyed? Um, Eugene Levy. 
Oh, of course. In the, uh, what was course. it, Mazda Z? The, yeah, for the introduction of the Nissan uh, 400C, yeah. which I, that's what I care about. You guys care about the Eugene actors. Levy. Yeah. I care about the car. I care of about the car. Of course. <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty much what I have Super Bowl commercial-wise. I can't think of anything um, else. Yeah, yeah, but there were some trailers. Yes. Um. Let's start off with. Uh, let's start off with Doctor Strange. That, that's definitely the order I have them in now. Perfect. Uh, so the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness trailer dropped. Uh, there was a teaser. There was a TV spot. Yeah. In the game, and then the trailer dropped online. Yeah. So Devin, you saw the TV spot. I saw both. But apparently I wasn't paying attention or, like, listening to it. So I missed the big cameo. The big cameo, of course, being Scarlet Witch. No, <laughs> Did you guys know Doctor Strange is in this movie? What? Multiple times. What? Uh, no, the big cameo being uh, Jean-Luc Picard himself. I really hope they make some type of Star Trek reference. I'm gonna, I really do. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't care at all about X-Men being in the MCU. Even a little bit. I don't care. I don't want them there. I think it's better without them. I'll take Sir Patrick Stewart, though. Like, I'll take him. Yeah. Yeah, like, don't... I don't need a Wolverine. I don't need a Cyclops. I don't need a Gambit. Even though... Uh, what? Even though the rumors of who might play him that, that have been going around... Which one? Harry Potter. Might play Might play who? Wolverine. Really? Think think about him. Yeah, think the guy about the right his height. height. The guy that's playing Weird Al. Think yeah. about his height. Think about... I mean... Think of him with a beard. Bulk, have him bulk up. I can no. I can see him being very good for the role. I can. Daniel Radcliffe would be perfect for Logan. I I can see it. I really can. Yeah. I just I don't know that I want him in there. Like I don't know if I want him next to like Captain America. Jess got a good question. What did X Men ever do to you, Devin? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have such a weird relationship with X Men though. So like I saw like one, two, and three. Yeah. Like the original run. I got like forced to watch First Class, and that's First it. Class is probably the best one. It was fine. I think it was fine. I think X Men are a really hard sell for me, much like the Fantastic Four. Okay, like, so how do you feel about Deadpool joining the MCU? Yeah, all on board. So you but can't have him without X-Men. the X Men. Yeah, but you can't have him without the X Men. Like you can have you had his movies ostensibly without the X Men. No, but, but it's in the in world there. of the X Men. Yeah, I don't care that he's in the world. He ha- he interacted with like two X Men and then like four. And he would, they were in the background for a sight gag once. I'll take that in the MCU. He went to the mansion. Day. Yeah, fine, but it was suspiciously empty. Like they could only afford one X Men, uh, which they like, made a joke about in the movie. That was the joke. I did the joke. So, no, they made the joke in the film yeah, about no, not I, having the money. Right, I made the joke that they made in the film just now. Okay, yeah. there we go. Yeah, like clarification. I, but I'm fine with. It. I just I don't. They're not. I guess they're not interesting enough for me. Like and and I guess maybe I just have a bad read on the X Men or something, but like you might. I, I we're gonna have to watch some X Men movies before Multiverse. Of we're gonna have to, yeah. yeah. Uh, we're also gonna have to watch some Sam Raimi stuff because this is a Sam Raimi joint. Okay, he's directing it. Okay, um, okay. Sadly, we've watched all of his Spider Man films. What haven't I seen from Sam Raimi? I know Ryan has a baseball movie with Sam Raimi directing. Yeah. Right, right. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, Professor Xavier is supposedly in Doctor Strange. It's fine. That's setting fine. up the Illuminati in the MCU. <laughs> no, the Marvel Illuminati. A it's a thing. Like it's yeah, it's a thing in the comic not a books. Joke. Oh, I thought that was a joke. No, it's no. not a joke. So wait, Marvel has an Illuminati now. Yeah, it's what? 
in the comics, it's Xavier, Doctor Strange, Mr. Fantastic, Black Bolt, and Iron Man. Oh, that's cool. One of them is dead. One of them might be... Well, we have a multiversal Illuminati, so there might be another one. Played oh, by fair. a certain impo- uh, actor who likes missions who Hold are on. impossible. Why is that a rumor? Because I've seen that rumor, actually. So the, the, Why do people the Tom think Tom Cruise being in this movie rumor is because Tom Cruise was originally supposed to play Tony Stark for the MCU, uh, oh. but it fell through. Mm. And there have been leaked images of him... That I don't believe at all. Okay, like, good, because I'm not um, making a bet about this. Like, one. I believe leaked images about uh, Spider-Man. Like, if you wanted to make a bet about Tom Cruise being in this movie, <laughs> uh, I'd I be won't. down for it, because I don't believe he's in it. No, because it's so hard for me to pay off on that bet. Um, speaking of payoffs on bets. I know, it's happening. I almost went to New York for it. It didn't work out with the place, yeah, but I almost okay. did. Uh, just remember. You can do it here. I'll do it. I can if do it, does, it here. But you have until the next MCU film. If it doesn't happen then, then uh, is it Doctor Strange? Is it this one? Yeah, May. You oh. have until May. Okay, good, good. I will do it by May. Yeah. Um, but I feel like we might have to make a bet for this one. Oh, we'll make a bet for all of them. A I'll make a bet. Um, <laughs> but did you guys take a look at the poster that we have up on screen right now? Did you see any of the Easter eggs in that? No, I, I heard that Monica Rambeau might be in it. The, might the, be. Might be. I think the people who, the people who think that's Monica Rambo. There's also a subset of people who think that's Superior Iron Man, like a different Iron Man from a different. Oh, that's cool. Oh, right, right. Because I don't think Monica Rambo has a mustache. Oh, did the silhouette have a mustache? If you look at it, it kind of looks like, like it was. <laughs> I didn't even see that. No. Yeah. Uh, uh, who else might be in it? Uh, Captain Carter from What If. That's if cool. If you look at the poster, I can yeah. I can maybe blow it up. Let's see if I can find it. Uh, if you look at the poster here. Oh, yeah. Uh, where is it? Right. I know it's here somewhere. On one of these shards is supposedly her shield. So, I mean, essentially. Oh, it is. It's a. Uh, oh, off to the side there. Yeah, right in here. That's her shield. I, I don't know if I can get it any bigger. That's what she said. Uh, uh, let's yeah, find right it. Oh, there. I see it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I asked this off stream, but just to make sure, like, I need to finish What If now. Uh, probably not yeah. a bad idea. Um, I'm just gonna let the co- the posters cover you completely, Devin. Yeah, it's totally fine. Uh, It'll be like Monsters Inc. I'm on a magazine. Uh, I don't think Tom Cruise is confirmed. I think there will be an Iron Man in it. I think that will be part of the Illuminati. Okay. I think it's, it's it'd be weird to see Tom Cruise in a supporting role. I think, I think it's about time. The though. only the only time I've ever seen him in a supporting role was in Tropic Thunder. Austin Powers. That's a cameo. <laughs> okay. Okay, you're right. Um, was he in supporting role Tropic Thunder? I haven't seen the movie in a while. Yeah, he's the uh, he's the agent. Direct? Oh, the agent. Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. The one that dances at the end. Yeah. 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 Okay. But I'm excited for this movie. Yeah, uh, I am too. I'm, anything MCU, I'm all for. Uh, and then there's a Jurassic World Dominion. I can't wait for this one. Me too. I could wait for this one before I saw the trailer. <laughs> okay. I absolutely okay. hated Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. I did, was not a fan of that film at all. Why? And and this isn't like a challenging why. I just, I really want to know because like. It was Lost World Jurassic Park, but flipped. They spent five minutes on the island and mm. the rest of it was in the real world. Okay. But it was the same story. Like. Was it though? Th- th- I mean, it was, just, it was just this movie in re- reverse. Like instead of taking, taking them, like they were rescuing the, the dinosaurs, but. I just didn't like the whole, like, we're going to do a 
we're going to keep the story in this mansion, but it's about dinosaurs. And dinosaurs are big, but we're going to stay in this house. I thought it was a brave choice, to be honest. It, it I, is. It yeah. just didn't work for me. Okay. I, I I did like I did like the human cloning aspect. I did too. Into it. I really did because it, it seems like the next logical step in all of it, and I thought that's the problem that you had with it because like that seems to be the problem everyone has. What the human cloning part? Yeah, of it? everyone gets like real mad at that part. I I I I personally liked it. Sure. Um, my thing is that I don't need to see um a sad brontosaurus die over and over oh, again so that's the reason why i haven't really watched it since since the first like I, I saw it the first time i really liked it i've not gone back to it because here's my personal opinion yeah even though even though it would have killed me i truly feel that out of all of the mistakes that you know mankind made in the process of this whole jurassic park jurassic world storyline to get mm-hmm. to that point being in like the evil dead version of dinosaurs pretty much yeah being in the mansion um they should have just let the dinosaurs gas to death and in, in the basement case closed problem solved that's a real dark take on this though it like, is a real I, dark take and you can't make like, a trilogy out of that you can't but the smart thing to do would just be to let them all go right then and there because then there's no mess to have to clean up i mean there's going to be a mess to have to clean up but it's contained instead now you have what in this trailer you have how many velociraptors running through some european city quite a bit quite a bit so is the do you think the, the deal with this movie is like we're trying to catch all the dinos or is it like we'll coexist with the good ones and then capture the ones that like where the predators are or like there are predators or like i i couldn't get too much the plot of this movie from which i, mean, I think is a good like, uh, teaser trailer. right like dinos in cities is what i got <laughs> and chat says you have dinosaur peanut after you <laughs> <laughs> me yeah that's fine yeah i i mean i'm 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 like oil is murder here's actually though really yeah oh no here's the thing dark truth Uh okay anything that is that is created Mm -hmm. that we create scientifically in a lab technically has no rights Uh, because they're products but 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 ryan Mm. life finds a way life does find a way but unfortunately but, but, but unfortunately, when it comes to legal rights on paper, it's owned by whatever corporation makes them. That's why there is such an issue with GMOs and farming, because the corporations created those seeds. And mm-hmm. so they have licensing and patents on that DNA structure. Okay, this is a weird conversation. Anyway, <laughs> I, we're getting away from the fact that Jeff Goldblum is back. I will go in the weeds, bro. Guys, I will but go Jeff in Gold, the weeds. Jeff Goldblum is back. Jeff yes. Goldblum, uh, Sam Neill, yeah. who follows me on Twitter, and, oh, <laughs> and Laura Nerd are back um, wearing the same costumes. They, really, though? Um, Did you see the picture of them on the one drawer? No. No. When they meet each other at, mm-hmm. at the dig site and she yeah. turns around if you look at the like cabinet drawer mm-hmm. there's a picture of them from the first movie oh i like, like that together like a friendship picture i mm-hmm. thought that was cute do you know what i did after watching this trailer in all honesty i turned to my sister who was sitting next to me and i go alan alan and then showed her the picture of the talking velociraptor or the video of the talking velociraptor because like, it does sound like you because they need to bring that back is what i'm saying i would much rather br- bring that back into the pop culture zeitgeist than the uh an- like talking animals video that where the groundhog's like alan 
Ellen. Ellen. Oh, no, 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 no. Ellen. I love that video. You have no I idea how much I absolutely hate it. it. Oh. Give me the Jurassic Park thing all the time. Just not that. Just um. that one. Hold on. There were feathered dinosaurs in this one, too. There were. Are they trying to get more, like, so correct with them? Uh, like, is this, like, a response? Yeah, PC. Yeah, they're trying to get more politically correct. <laughs> uh. It's good that it's – what's the thing? What I like about it is that you have the – you have that feather dinosaur mm-hmm. and which shows that there's some, you know, that they're getting better at like reconnecting the DNA to like actually make them look like the way they did. Right. Compared to having like the classic velociraptors that are like nine feet tall. When in reality they were like, they were like little three chickens. foot high chickens. They were like big chickens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I heard that like I, in the book, apparently they go into greater depth about why they look different from what they would look like. Well, because and, it's the DNA's. And they talk up. about it a little bit yeah. in in the the movies because they're based on frog DNA. Yeah, and like that's why they look amphibious because that's what they're from. Yeah. yeah. So I mean that's interesting. Then I think I like that that like twist. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another, I guess, trailer or TV spot that premiered that we're not going to talk about because we had dinner before the show, mm-hmm. and we all talked about the fact that we're kind of avoiding trailers for this movie. Yeah. Uh, the Batman. So we can't really talk about that, but I do have something to show off that I forgot about. Uh, so I think I talked about last week on the show that Little Caesars has the bat calzone. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I got two of the posters that came with the bat calzone. Oh, that's actually really cool. And they're actually really high quality posters for Little Caesars. Like I'm kind <laughs> oh, of, wow. I'm really impressed by these. That's heavyweight paper, yeah. man. Oh, wow. It's heavyweight paper. Yeah, these are quite nice. So. And it's reflective. I hope this movie isn't terrible. Yeah. I mean... McDonald's in the 90s wouldn't even done this. Can you think of any movie (laughs) that has a Little Caesars tie-in that isn't... That is terrible? Because personally, I can't think of any movie that has a Little Caesars (laughs) tie-in. Star Star Wars Episode 1. That was Pizza Hut. Was it? Yep. Shoot. Okay, That was Pizza Hut, KFC, and Taco Bell. Yeah, because they had the planets. Yeah. Yep. Shoot. All right. You're right. Well done. Denied. (laughs) Um, So... That's pretty much all we have to cover from the weekend. I think uh, so. We're going to do our normal segment of we watch this later on in the show mm-hmm. as a little bit of a refresher. Um, but some some sad news happens uh, Sunday night as well. Uh, Ivan Reitman passed away. Uh, he's the director of some films that we covered on this, this show. Uh, he directed Stripes, directed Ghostbusters 1 and 2. Um the movie Evolution with David Duchovny, oh, yeah. uh, which I still quote, the caca, caca, and tookie, tookie aren't working. Um, um, so I have an Ivan, Ivan Reitman story that kind of goes in with today's main topic. Okay. Uh, so you guys know I was at New York Comic Con. Yeah. I don't know how much yeah. of this I told you guys. I know I've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the Ghostbusters Afterlife panel mm-hmm. and Ivan Reitman was there. Um, I didn't get to meet the guy, um, but he was, it was like just really cool being in the same room as the guy who directed Ghostbusters. Right. Um, and his son was there. Ivan Reitman was a big part of Ghostbusters Afterlife. He was on set all, all, all the time, uh, helped his son with the movie and just like as a consultant and executive producer. So he was there at the panel, uh, when the, they, at this panel, they showed the whole movie. Uh, and they, 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 Ivan Reitman and his dad were like, okay, we think you've waited long enough. Mm-hmm. Here's the movie. And Aww. as they started playing the movie, 
the whole cast and crew from the panel came down and sat in the audience. Aww. And I was sitting like two, three rows back from the aisle that they had to walk in to go get to their seats. Oh, wow. So as the movie's starting, like right after the opening chase scene, uh, Jason Reitman walks by holding his dad, who's struggling to walk because he was up there in age. Um, but I, I just had this, like I, I stopped focusing on the movie for a minute because I was just like, the director of the movie I'm watching in this class, like this director who directed films that I grew up with, not even just Ghostbusters. Um, like he's right there. Like this is, a, this is, that's, that's an crazy. image I'll never forget. Wow. Uh, and fun fact, I have met, I have managed to see all the directors of Ghostbusters films at New York comic con. <laughs> really? Cause I met Paul Feig back in 2016 at New York comic con. Oh, you met him. Yeah. Like oh, I was walking hey. the floor and they're like, like ten feet in front of us is this man in a like a suit. That sounds right. And it's like my wife turns to me and says, Is that Paul Feig? And I was like, Yeah, that is Paul Feig. <laughs> so we go up to Paul Feig and like, can we get a picture? So I'm dressed as like Nightmare Batman with a trench coat, Batman t shirt, and my Batman mask yes. on. Makeup running down my face. My wife is dressed as Bombshell Wonder Woman. Uh-huh. We get our picture with, with Paul Feig Aww. and we're like we liked Ghostbusters. Don't know why everyone else did it. Uh, and then before we, before we, he left, like, by the way, we absolutely loved heavyweights. <laughs> and he's like, thank you. I never get that. <laughs> um, Which is really sad. funny. Yeah. But so like, it's just weird. Like of the, like this big franchise, I've seen all of the directors at New York. That's Comic-Con. really cool though. So uh, I th- I'm sure I'll talk a little bit more about the panel. As we get into the movie, because I, I have some insights from that. Okay, good. Um, but I think I think that like a, a toast to Ivan Reitman. To Ivan Reitman. Uh, as Kevin Smith says, "Big bucket of win." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really though. Um, good job. But yeah, let's get into uh, today's first main topic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one of my favorite films from last year, Ghostbusters Afterlife, uh, directed by, as I said, Jason Reitman, written by Jason Reitman, uh, and based on, set in the same world as the original Ghostbusters films, uh, or at least the first one. I, they kind of play it odd if uh, if this is t- takes place in the same world, like if, if Ghostbusters 2 happened or not, like they don't really address it at all. Right. It's kind of like a, a weird thing, because if you do the math... Um, Egon had to have had a daughter in Ghostbusters 2. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Or, like, right afterwards. Um, I didn't... Yeah, I, I generally didn't do the math. I was just like, I guess it works out. Yeah. Um, I just assumed that he had some, like, fling with, um, like, a fan or something. With a fan? <laughs> Give him more credit than that. The dude was really focused on his work. I mean, that you know, in fact, he was collecting his spores and funguses. He he was collecting his spores and he collected <laughs> something else along the way. Gross, <laughs> gross. You made it gross. Thanks. <laughs> so the film Thanking. stars uh, Carrie Coon, Paul Rudd, Finn Wolfhard, and McKenna Grace. Okay. Um, so this is pretty much a story about the like Egon's family. Like, mm-hmm. uh, Egon leaves New York, leaves the Ghostbusters, and then. Um, you get to see what the effect that had on his daughter that you get to know in this film and then her family, mm-hmm. like her two kids, um, as they move to this town in the middle of the country. Um, I said this is one of my favorite films. I think part of that 
one of my favorite films from last year. I think part of that has to do with my experience watching it. Sure. But also, like, it's very well done in my opinion. Like, I think there's a world where you can make a Ghostbusters movie with fart jokes and, like, not getting the same, striking the same tone as the original Ghostbusters films. Mm -hmm. I think this strikes that tone perfectly and does a very good job of paying tribute to those films without being heavy-handed in that tribute. I think everything they do here is earned and tasteful. Uh, that being said, um, you guys have just watched it for the first time in the last week. Yeah. <laughs> I know Ryan said he watched it before I just des- I decided to pull an audible and make this a double feature. Oh, right. Um, so let's start with Ryan. Ryan, what did you think of Ghostbusters Afterlife? I was surprised by it. I mean, I knew it was going to be good. I've heard nothing but good things about it. I was just surprised at how good it actually is. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, that pretty much sums up my experience with it. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's one of those things where it's like, every time they do something, I'm like, oh my god, that's great. And then something else would happen to be even better. Mm-hmm. That would be like, top it. When, when it comes to the score, or something they show, or, you know, Paul Paul Rudd's reaction to something. <laughs> like, it just made it better and better and better as the movie went on. I will say that I feel like the movie kind of ended kind of abruptly. Yeah. Well, but we can get into that later. Mm-hmm. Okay. Devin, what did you think? This was such a hard movie for me to want to watch. So, like, I feel bad. Like, Suramana, if you're watching, I'm really sorry if you're listening. I'm really sorry that I watched this movie. Because she's like, you have to watch this movie with me. And, like, she's brought it up a couple of times. She's like, oh, we should watch Ghostbusters tonight. I'm like, let's watch anything else, please. Uh, because I, I didn't know if I was going to like it. I didn't. I, I've heard some things about it. I knew you liked it, Alan. But I'd also heard things that, like, it does nostalgia wrong. Or, like, it does it incorrectly. Or there's, like, bad, like, you know, baity nostalgia in it that, like, isn't good. But whatever. You know what I mean? I knew that eventually I was going to watch this movie. So when you were like, okay, I'm going to throw an audible. You're going to watch this movie. I just said whatever. And I watched it. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. This was a great movie. I don't know what I was talking about. Dang it, old Devin, you're wrong. I love this. Uh, and, and I do want to talk about nostalgia and how it's handled in this movie. So what you're saying is we proved you wrong before the show even started for once. 100%. Yeah. You don't need, <laughs> there doesn't even need to be like a mid-show twist. Like, yeah. I, I am all on board so with So we have to make movie. you hate this movie. Okay. Don't, please. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, let's start with the cast. Okay. Uh, the, main, the main character here is McKenna Grace. Uh, her character's name is I've only seen Phoebe. 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 Uh, she's the star of this movie. You can absolutely see Egon in this character. Oh, 100%. oh yeah, 100%. The, from yeah. The, from the glasses to just the personality. Yep. It and she does a great job. Uh, she absolutely steals this film. Like I want to watch anything else she's in. And she, um, she gives lines that you would you, you could almost hear e e uh um hear. Egon give yep like when she says like was it like um overstimulation calms me yeah I could totally see Egon saying that oh yeah yeah and uh like I feel like all the jokes she made Mm -hmm. were Egon jokes too but like I loved them like that was such a good quirk to the character like that's why as soon as I was done watching it I told you you needed to see it because of because of all of her (laughs) bad puns (laughs) because of all of her I mean I loved it like I understand that I don't like I don't like quirky children in movies because generally quirky children are like here is one note and you're gonna hit that note the whole time. I forget there was a movie that we watched where it was 
Oh, it was the new M. Night Shyamalan movie. Uh, older? Old. old. Old, that one. Where the kid quirk in the movie was, Hi, I'm so-and-so. What's your occupation? And, like, that's obnoxious. Yeah. But, like, the actor that plays, what, Phoebe? Yeah. In this? Delivers her jokes so, like, earnestly. And so, like, like, I'm trying to do this for a reason every time she does it. It's just so endearing, and it's not. What's your name and occupation? It's it's so good. <laughs> I think part of it is like afterwards she has that like little smirk, which is like exactly. Which like she, oh, I it was really good. I yeah. really liked it. The what the weird thing was at the New York Comic Con panel. Mm-hmm. It's like you see them all walk out, and they filmed this movie like two years ago, and then she walks out, and then like okay, like she's a, a grown woman, yeah. and then you watch the movie, like who is this child? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but no, I absolutely loved her performance in this. Agreed. Um, they didn't really give give Finn Wolfhard much to do. He pretty much is just the wheel man. I was worried that he was going to be more of the main character when they started him off. Like, oh, you have a crush on this girl. So you're going to get a job at this like roller restaurant thing. And I'm like, I don't want to watch a movie about roller restaurant thing. And I didn't watch a movie about roller. Like, I think he had a good place in it as being like the older brother, like keeping like younger sister, like guarded and safe. And then like specifically him going out to party with those people and seeing like, I I don't know. I kind of liked what they did with him. I didn't want another stranger things. And I feel like I didn't get it from him. Yeah. I mean, they put him in the costume again with stranger (laughs) things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think my wife turned to me and was like, can he just not do anything that's not related to the eighties? Like <laughs> he was in it. He's in stranger things. Right. That's right. I was like, well, this is at least set in the present day. It's fair. So. Yeah. And I was, he is one of my wife's more favorite, like youth actors sure. because she likes the it movie. She loves the it movies. Sure. She really likes stranger things. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and that, and she finds him funny. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she had the same reaction that, like you did to okay. where it's like, I don't want to see him do the same character again. Yeah. I want to exactly. see him do something else. And we, 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 you know, we, we, we did. Um, and he did a good job at it, especially being awkward. Yeah. Oh, I feel yeah. like they nailed the awkwardness of being like a 14, 15 year old. I mean, he's a bit awkward in the stranger things stuff too, but this, like, it felt like a more mature version of the awkward. Like it wasn't yeah. like, yeah. Like if he was like, we're going to play D and D on Egon's old desk. I would have been like real mad, but it wasn't, it was, it instead was it, it's him trying to show off sitting in the freezer as long as he can. Yeah, right. Which, yeah. which is what you do as a 14, 15 year old. I did stuff like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I remember we locked you in a freezer once. I think we did. I think yeah. that literally happened to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Still don't know how you got out. I don't know. <laughs> Chewed my way out. Uh, and then you got Paul Rudd. Uh, Perfect. Sexiest man alive. He is the sexiest man alive. He I is. Forgot Literally. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I seriously could have had more of him in this movie, to be honest. I understood and I also appreciate what they did with him in this. But I really wish that there was a few more scenes of him. I, I'm afraid if there was too, a few more scenes with him. Because there was a point where he almost wore thin on me. And it was the point where after they got back from their date, uh, he was like, it was a great night. It was Kung Pao, shrimp, and then jail. And then he, like, starts saying very awkward things. And you can tell, like, the director was just like, lean on that Paul Red awkward charm from Friends or something like that. And, like, oh, like, 
it almost was too much. And I almost like, I, I think I told my sister was with me. I think I literally said that's too much, but like, I don't, I didn't want more of that. I wanted more of like him being the teacher. Yeah. I wanted him reacting to Phoebe. Like yeah. I wanted that. And I wanted less of like him awkward around a woman. I think. Did, does that okay. make sense? Is that, is yeah, that fair? No, 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 like, no. I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. I'm fine with it. Okay. Got it. <laughs> it wasn't too much for you. No, it was not. Okay. It was nowhere near too much. Did for you, me. do you get what I'm talking about, Alan? Or is it, am no, I, just... I get what you're talking about. I, I like after that point though, they kind of like, took the formula from the original Ghostbusters and flipped it. Yeah. So like, he's the one laying dramatically <laughs> yeah. waiting for her to show up. Yeah. Instead of the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like that they use that for comic relief where, I mean, granted them talking in like the deep, like mm-hmm. Gozer or whatever voice or Zool voice was comedic, but then having hers just be like gibberish and growls, that was funny to yeah. me. Like, I actually laughed at that point. So, Alan, you teased something before the podcast. I have to know. Who did the voice? For Gozer? Yeah. Oh, uh, we'll get into that. Okay, good. You... I want to I want to tackle that, all that stuff together. Because that's, okay. that's heavy spoiler stuff. Oh, okay. Um, Got it. Okay, so we're still like... We're still like light spoilers. Light spoiler. Um, all right, all right. Nothing too heavy. Uh, but let's, let's talk a bit about the mom first. Okay. Carrie Coon, who's who Ryan's wife did not like in the role. Um, <laughs> now, was it because she wasn't enough like Egon? Because she was pretty different from Egon, and I feel like that was an intentional yeah. choice. My wife wasn't a fan of how she was portraying the character. It had nothing to do against the actress. Sure, that sure. she feel that like maybe somebody physically different should have played the role. She just didn't really connect with her playing that character I, I think, that's really all it was i, I think it, it and that's an intentional thing i don't think that character is one that you're supposed to click with no, no. because there's so much uh trauma there that she's dealing with right with her dad well, abandoning her it and... does it's not that because that's something that's built in that's part of the storyline this this is my wife going they should have casted someone else Okay. Not change the character, just but just like another person playing another the person playing the character. Did you like the character? I thought it was fine. Yeah, because I didn't really put any weight in her because I'm like, oh, she's angry. Her dad yeah. abandoned her. Right. Got it. I didn't really care too much about it. I see. I put a little bit more weight there because, like, for Phoebe and uh, Finn Wolfhard's mm-hmm. character, like. That's the only light. Like they never knew their grandfather. Right. They, they just know what she said. Um, but for her, like it's it's a personal. It's more personal. Mm-hmm. Like that abandonment is like she's addressing that directly, but just by going to this house. Mm. Yeah. And True. it's it's a very painful thing to have to go through. Oh yeah, yeah. it is. Um. But and I think they did a really good job of handling that abandonment the yeah. way they did yeah i was just maybe i mean maybe maybe i feel the same way about it because i am looking at at it as like okay well she's angry they're showing her react to that anger she's they're showing her trying to raise the kids as best she can and i kind of went into this movie pretty much going okay the daughter's going to be the main focus here the son's going to be the secondary focus and she's the mom trying to hold them just together. Just like the background of it all. She's just like a background character and that's kind of how I took her character throughout the movie. Maybe that 
says that I feel the same way my wife does about her, that maybe I would have reacted better if they had casted someone else who could have, I don't know, done the role a little bit differently. But the fact that you're really not supposed to connect with her because she's a little bit overbearing, Mm -hmm. that's not the reason why I feel the way I do or my wife feels the way that she does about it. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, I... I mean, I thought it was fine. I thought that she, like, kind of filled the role that she needed to in, in the movie. Yeah. I, I don't think I was critical. I thought she was fine. Like, it was, yeah. Like, that, yeah. Unequivocally, at the end of the day, I think she was not I, – I think she wasn't the main star of the movie, essentially. Yeah. And I think that that shows. But, it, like Alan said, I like I like how she took the abandonment and everything. I think that yeah. was yeah. it was a good part to it. Yeah, like, hey, Devin, like can, can you move your mic closer to Ryan? Just so when you're talking to us, you're talking more into it. How's that? Is that better? Uh, yeah, it's much better. Good, good, good. <laughs> um, all right. So – Let's get into some of the biggest spoilers I think that I got from this movie watching it at New York Comic Con. Okay. Because I I hadn't really watched many of the trailers. I'd seen like the the marshmallow clips of the little mini marshmallow men. Yeah. Uh, and I seen like the teaser trailer, but I didn't know one of the biggest things I didn't know about this movie. Well, we'll get into it. Okay. Way. No, no. Uh, the, the biggest. I'm my head at him. Oh yeah. The <laughs> biggest thing I didn't know about this movie was that Gozer and Zool were going to be part of it. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Um, which I think they did in such a great way. I think the way they they revisit Gozer and Zul makes complete sense in this world. Like, it's not just like, oh, we're going to do Gozer again because we can. <laughs> it's like, well, let's have a reason to do Gozer again. Like, what what would have happened? Yeah. Like, and I think it does a really good job of keeping the, the mythos from the original Ghostbusters and expanding on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you guys think of Gozer and Zul? You go ahead. You sure? I really have trouble congealing my thoughts on this one. Okay. So you go ahead. I didn't know where the movie was going because you did a good job of just not telling us anything. I yeah. did. And the trailers definitely didn't let you know no. on it at first. And so I went into it not really, you know, not knowing it. And at first I was like, oh, they're, they're, they're doing this again. Mm-hmm. But then they, but then as it went on, even before they did the explanation of like why it was happening, I was like, you know, they're doing this really well, even though they're going this direction, they're doing this well. So I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be judgy about it. And then, and then it got to, 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 to the, the explanation. Mm-hmm. And then I remember the conversation that you and I had about, you know, where does Vigo as a villain rate compared to like Gozer? Right, right. And, you know, like, is Vigo like a street villain compared to like Gozer being like yeah. the, you know, you know, being like the evil genius mastermind? And I was thinking about it like, no, no, this would totally make sense, especially if like this, you know, God thing that they were talking about in the first one is like a legit you know spiritual thing and it's and if it's the only thing on earth in this world then it it, it would make sense that they would be on this fight against this thing that was trying to enslave humanity again right okay yeah you've you've helped me a bit okay, okay good 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 so i i yeah. asked you guys at dinner if you knew who played gozer i don't i have no idea it's a well-known actress uh you you know who she is you may not know her as an actress you may not remember her from g4 olivia munn really yeah oh that's fun yeah olivia munn played gozer i didn't know that that's really cool one thing 
now that we're on the topic, I want I, I want to bring up the effects because it has to do with Gozer. Okay, do it. The one thing that I love about this movie is what they did. They did not change the effects from the original movie. Mm-hmm. They just cleaned it up. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's what I absolutely love about this. Gozer, if you were to look at Gozer from the first Ghostbusters and and look at Gozer in this one, mm-hmm. it's almost the exact same costume, but this one shows you exactly what they had in mind and what they were trying to do in the first one. And all they did was clean it up just a little yeah. bit. And that's my main thing with this. They did a lot of puppetry that mm-hmm. you could tell was puppetry and not just CGI. Um, and I, that's that's one of those like small things that can make me either like really really like a movie or just be like, eh, it was okay. Yeah. So to go off of that and, and to kind of like solidify, solidify my thoughts on Gozer and Zool in this movie, I my idea of what like bad nostalgia is is the scene in jurassic world where they're like sneaking through the bramble they're like trying to get away from a dinosaur and then at one point someone goes hey look it's the goggles from the first jurassic park movie Ah!" (laughs) and then they put it down and it never gets addressed again that's bad nostalgia for me right yeah so when they started bringing up gozer and zool again i feel a rant coming on you shouldn't so when they started bringing up again i was like like okay so i was literally sitting there going all right i got my you know ghostbusters scorecard all right they did the proton pack they did the hand thing they did the ghost trap and i like i started this movie being very very objectively terrible about a lot of this right and i'm like all they need to do is the car and then they need to do the thing and then they did the thing and like you know then i have a bingo and and like i was really kind of awful about it but then i took a step back and i was like all right look i'm gonna make a ghostbusters movie after so long of not making a ghostbusters movie you kind of have to have certain things in order to make the movie a ghostbusters movie like Mm -hmm. you can't have a ghostbusters movie without like a ghost trap you can't have one without a proton pack like you just can't like Mm -hmm. those are hallmarks of the thing and i feel like if i'm going to make a ghostbusters movie i'm gonna make a bad guy if I'm going to make it the same as any of the other ones, at least justify it as well as they did in the movie. And I feel like the movie did a good enough job of saying, here's the thing you remember. They did the Jurassic Park thing. But then they specifically did, here's why it's here. And here's why it matters to what we're doing now. Instead of going, <laughs> remember the thing? We're done with it. Instead of just building another Death Star. Exactly. Yeah. They, just, they didn't just build it. Yeah, right. They didn't just build another Death Star or because you saw another it. Death Star, right? <laughs> or the remains of a Death Star, and, and and it wasn't. It was, it it was. I I think you're right. I think it was earned, and I don't mind those things being in the movie anymore. And we'll have to talk about the marshmallows. Let's talk about the marshmallows. I ranted to you guys about the marshmallows. Do yes. you remember that? Yes. I was mad that the marshmallows were going to be in it. I'm still mad that it takes place in a Walmart, and I wanted to know if you guys have like. I have I have some questions about it being set at a Walmart. It is the cleanest, emptiest Walmart I've ever seen. That's because it was a test store. Oof. Oh, was it? Isn't Chippensburg a test store? No. No. Oh, okay. I thought no, it was. no, no. There is a difference between being a test store for like a local area. Yeah. Like, like let's say like for the state of Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between a test store for the state of Pennsylvania and a test store for the company. Oh, okay. So a it's a test company store test for store. a company has no real like granted i haven't done anything with walmart for like four years so things have probably changed a little yeah, bit I but it. a test store usually gets a lot more man hours to 
uh, to put in for schedules to make it that clean. Sure. Also, he's going in in the middle of the night. Yeah, that's fair. Also, so they probably closed down the store to get it ready for a Ghostbuster shoot. One, one hundred percent. I'm pretty 100%. sure at one point I saw employees like a few departments back behind him was like watching them. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, th- I have a lot of questions about this Walmart. <laughs> like uh, what? The red and yellow numbers? Yeah. That was the big thing for me. <laughs> what does it even mean? Because Walmart me. numbers are usually uh, black with white numbers. Or I didn't know that. white with black or, numbers. Yeah. Now, the reason why I said test store was because of that reason. The company for a long time has been trying to go back to like the retro like 80s Walmart, 90s Walmart look. And the rollback, whenever they did the rollback, yeah. it was the smiley face rollback right. on a red background and then oh. the numbers were red and yellow got it and when i saw that i'm like i haven't seen that since i went to go see my grandfather in arkansas like 20 years ago <laughs> and so that's how like i i like watching that and then also the mannequins i didn't really pick up on the mannequins there were man there there, there there were there were mannequins in in the um apparel section that's what you saw is what Walmart wants, probably wants all of their stores to look like within five years. Okay. Because I don't think there are mannequins in Walmart usually. No, there's not. Okay. My my biggest thing that was like a like took me out of the Walmart scene was watching the blenders and toasters and everything turn off plugged yeah, in they, ready those, to those go. Yeah, they don't work. The gas stove. The, the, the wires are cut on the, the back of those things. Oh wow. And the uh, the, the the propane grills running in the lawn and garden department. Yeah, because I know a thing or two about that, and you never had the propane connected to those. You, you never had the propane in the building. No, I am gonna say though, I loved it. <laughs> oh, right? good. Okay, so good. So here's the thing: as soon as the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man came out, I was like, oh. and then as soon as Paul Rudd poked it, I went, oh. and then as soon as they started dying horrifically. I went, yeah. This is what I'm here for. <laughs> I, I will say there was one thing in this movie that I did not get to see at New York Comic Con, and it's at the very end of the film after what? the second post credit scene, where the uh, mini. You guys watched the post credit yeah. scene, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, the, the the mini Safeway man through the 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 circle. Oh yeah, that was supposed to symbol. That was not part of the film. Oh, that wasn't I, it? Nope. Oh, it, it, it was a cool part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I I was I was wrong. I liked it. You're right. It makes sense because you said it makes sense if you know who the bad guy is. So like that was almost as, as spoilery as you ever got with it. Yeah. And like you're right. You it know makes how sense. hard it is not to talk about this movie. Like yeah. As I so I see this movie a month and a half before it comes out, and I'm walking out next to this guy, and we're just talking about it, like that was insane, right? Like we just saw Ghostbusters. <laughs> it's October. That's not supposed to come out until end of November. Like. We're not going to be able to talk about this to anyone. Did you have to sign like an NDA or something? No, they're just like, just don't tell anyone what happened. Good. And I'm sure there were some people that did. Right. Uh, but because the news got out that they premiered it yeah. at Comic-Con. But like, I was there with friend of the show, Josh, mm-hmm. working his booth. And I just texted him like, as they started playing the movie, like, yeah, I was right. It's a panel. Or the panel's a, sh- a screening. Oh, that's um, so cool. And he's like, that's awesome. I'm so mad. <laughs> um, but I got to talk to him about it on his podcast. Oh, this good. is the third podcast I've done about Ghostbusters Afterlife. Wow. I did, you you want to hear my my uh, my deep thoughts on this? Listen to the Victims and Villains episode. Right. Uh, you want to hear? I, I I popped in on Nerf Herders Assemble, which is Josh's podcast. Oh, yeah, Because yeah. I saw they were live, and I was like, 
they were talking about me seeing it at Comic Con <laughs> and how I couldn't say anything to Josh. I was like, I can hop on and talk about it a little bit if you want. I'm here. I hopped on for like 20 minutes, but nice. and now I'm here talking to you guys about it. Mm. So it was really hard not to be able to say anything about it. So is this universally loved by everyone that you've you've heard talk from, about it? From what I've heard, like there there, there are some issues with it. I think. Uh, my wife had some issues with it we can get into here. Yeah. Because uh, we haven't really talked about the uh, the Ghostbusters of it all. <laughs> can we? Let's talk well, about it. I mean, well, the, the, yeah. I think about nostalgia. The rant yeah. that I felt coming on. Yeah. I wasn't saying that because I was feeling a rant coming from you. I was saying that I felt the rant coming from me because of what you were saying. Oh, okay. Got it. <laughs> so, okay. So if I wanted to get really, really ranty about this, and I'm absolutely not. I could say that the Stay Puft Marshmallow Men didn't make any sense because the reason that they were in the first one was because the one guy, that's what he was thinking of to clear his mind. Therefore, they're not a construct that Gozer typically uses. The construct that t- Gozer typically uses is whatever you happen to be can, thinking about. Can can I can I counterpoint that? Please do. I believe that the ghosts, the 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 mini Marshmallow Men are a uh, echo of the original Ghostbusters. So as Zool's going into like the 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 the, the spirit of Zool's going into the Walmart, it goes by those Stay Puff marshmallows and brings them to life. Because it like because remembers, it remembers doing that. Yeah, in the eighties. I think that's why. I think it's a stretch. And the marshmallows sure. exist still, so they're there. But my thing when it comes to nostalgia and yeah. people complaining about nostalgia hints in movies, mm-hmm. I feel like it's a weak argument point. Okay. The reason being is that if you're going to make a Blues Brothers movie, yeah. and they made Blues Brothers 2000, I'm just going to completely ignore that, never existed. <laughs> um, Good. If you were to make a Blues Brothers movie now, okay. the only real way I could see of doing it would to be relatives of the main characters. Mm-hmm. Okay, they come, They somehow come across parts of their suits, mm-hmm. so then you've got, hey, look, it's their suits. And then you have some people going, uh, it's just cheap nostalgia. And then, again, maybe the car, the, you know, the cop car. Maybe it's completely blown apart and they can't do anything with it. Yeah. So they have to, like, get a new one or whatever. But at least the car is there. And you're going to get people complaining about it. But then, again, it's one of those things where it's like you need to have that in the film to connect it. Regardless if the characters use the item or not, it's grounding material. I think for me it's does – does the movie have a unique and interesting story to tell in that universe versus is it just there because somebody needed to keep using the IP to make money and to sell toys? Okay. I think the Jurassic World movies tow that line very, very closely. I don't know if the story needed to be told. I think this one needed to be told. I'm going to bring up the one example you brought up. Do it. Do it. And do it, say do it. why that. Okay. So they are in the basically a, abandoned visitor center yes to the first jurassic park yes they go into the garage where they have the jeeps and then the goggles and then the goggles yeah it would make sense if that's a repair garage for a broken pair of goggles to be sitting on a workbench so i can agree with you that their presence makes sense given the scenario that they set up yes they didn't need to go in there like they didn't need it to be a garage they, the, the garage wasn't part of the movie. The garage wasn't plot specific. They didn't then start up a Jeep and drive it, and that's how they got to their location. They just walked into a place and went, remember these things? Neat. Let's keep going with the movie. Is that what they said? Kind of, yeah. 
That's almost exactly what they said I in that see, scene. That's how I didn't take it. Because, I, they, because they went into the visitor center, mm-hmm. and they were going through different rooms, and they found something that was there that somebody had left, yeah. and then they moved on. And yeah, and, and I get that. I definitely understand that. But it you can kind of see where they're, where like, they're just like, look a thing. Look a thing. There we go. We did it. Like, we got... And, like, those things aren't essential for a Jurassic Park movie, where... I think that like the ghost trap, the proton pack, yeah. like a lot of the a lot of the tick, like even in some degree to some degree, the car in this is essential oh, for a Ghostbuster. Movie. Oh yeah, like could you have a Ghostbuster movie without the car? Do you guys think? No. Would it feel like a Ghostbusters movie? No. No. I like that they added stuff from the cartoon in it, <laughs> like the the side seat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was really cool. Devin, can you push your microwave microphone up, microwave? Push your microwave a little bit further away from the Too mic. loud. Yeah, too much. Yeah, little, too you're getting excited. And it's just, I, uh, peak, peaking just a little bit. Just a smidge. All right. I got you. Uh, okay. So speaking of nostalgia, yeah. like the one thing we haven't really talked about is the use of the Ghostbusters in this. Um, do we want to start with the the three living Ghostbusters or do we want to deal with Egon first? I think Egon's a whole can of worms. Can we start with the living ones first, please? <laughs> okay. Let's okay. start with the use of Dan Aykroyd. Well, actually, before we do that, Ryan brought up Blues Brothers 2000, and I had <laughs> I had to pull this up on my phone because I don't know if you saw this from the the game this weekend, but uh, yeah, Dan Aykroyd and J- Jim Belushi what were walking around the Super Bowl as the Blues Brothers uh, with Belushi weed. That's really funny. I didn't it's, know that. Um. Yeah, and oh. the music the music playing like it's it's a. Uh... Also, I don't know what Belushi weed is, but do they J- have Jim brand? Belushi ha- is a farmer now. No, he's not. He is weird. Yeah, at least weird. It, uh, that's what I saw on TikTok. So according to Jim, oh. he does, he is. Yeah. Oh, it took me a second. Uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> all right. So let, let's talk about the okay. the use of the Ghostbusters. So we get to see uh, Ray first, Dan Aykroyd. Ray's a cult. Raise a call. Raise a call. Uh, so I guess it is they, that is like the main reference to Ghostbusters too, mm-hmm. um, where she. Well, we get to see the the commercials from the original film, mm-hmm. okay, uh, and get to see footage of the on YouTube. And like, I love look like freeze framing it and looking at all the the videos like related to that what video. Were they? One was like the Ghostbusters. Where are they now? Oh, um, that's fun. But so you get like all this archive footage on the internet, which is how this stuff would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you get to you like she they get arrested for blowing up the town, mm-hmm. and the first person she calls like who you like the the the, the sheriff is like who are you gonna call, like and that. you're like ah you said the thing, mm-hmm. and then he, she calls the Ghostbusters yeah, and it's Dan Aykroyd and I I just love the delivery of Egon Spangler can rot in hell, yeah, and then he passed away a few days ago and then he's just like. Oh man, like yeah. it, like you can feel it, like it, uh-huh. like your heart just sinks with him. Like it's a, like I haven't seen Dan Aykroyd act in much lately, but that was like some, that was a great moment. It was, um, and like the whole conversation, like I love how slowly they got to the, like put the pieces together of why Egon did what he did yeah. to move out to this farm and mm-hmm. what he was doing, and it didn't feel slow at all. It felt like you're slowly getting there at the right pace. Like if they put everything out on front street in that phone call, mm-hmm. it would have been too much. And that was the thing. Cause like when he was, when she was talking to him, I was like, say Gozer, 
Say it's Gozer. Say it's Gozer, dang it. And like she didn't. Yeah. But you're right. It would have been too much because they wouldn't have figured it out and they would have gotten there sooner. Yeah. And it also gave you a, a reason to hate the sheriff. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then in the final fight, the, the three Ghostbusters show up. And they pull their routine yeah. perfectly. They do. It, oh, it felt good. It, Are you a god? And it's like, Ray. Just, <laughs> Ray. Like, Ray. <laughs> We're all gods. <laughs> Learned his lesson. <laughs> okay, so I don't. I haven't seen the Ghostbusters movie before this one, admittedly. Okay. I know very little about it. I know how those characters are used in the new movie, or in that movie. Ghostbusters answer the call. Yeah. It's called answer the call. Depending on who you ask. Yeah. Sure. So I know how they're used in Ghostbusters answer the call. I can tell you, I like this version so much better because in this version, they're actually the characters. They're not just the actors. And it, and it feels less, I don't know. Like I, every single time those characters showed up in Ghostbusters answer the call. I didn't think they were ever necessary. I didn't think the cab driver. What? I thought you didn't see it. I, I, I've seen their bits. Okay. Like, I've seen, like, YouTube footage of their bits. So, I, yeah. if you've seen YouTube video of their bits, uh-huh. but not the actual movie, right? then how do you know that those scenes weren't called for? One of them was a cab driver. Okay. Anyone could have driven her there, or you don't even need to watch her go there. She could have just showed up, and you assumed she took a cab or walked. Like, I didn't need to watch her in transit. One of them was Bill Murray dying. And then, like, but that's not his only cameo in the. uh, So that's the the only one I know. Then is that he doesn't believe in ghosts, and then he like opens the box and then dies, and like that didn't need to be Bill Murray. Like, I, I just didn't feel like they were as necessary as this one was, and these felt like the right. It felt like the right time to bring them back, and it felt like the right way to hand over the franchise if you're going to do that. Like it felt like what Indiana Jones wanted Shia LaBeouf grabbing the hat to be. But wasn't. Okay. <laughs> Are you mad at me? I, didn't I even... still have a hard time of you judging cameos without actually see. seeing the movie. But I've seen the cameos. <laughs> but you haven't seen the setup for the cameos. Okay, is the setup that much better? Like... I feel I feel it is. <laughs> Alan says no. I mean, it's not going to change much. If you're only no. there to see those cameos, yeah, you're, you might, you're probably not going to like the rest of the movie. I'll put it to you this way. I am not a fan of... I am not a real fan of Melissa McCarthy. Okay. I liked her in Gilmore Girls. Sure. I liked her in Gilmore Girls. I like her in The Heat. Mm -hmm. And I like her in Ghostbusters. Okay. That is it. Did you like the Ghostbusters movie? I did. I watch it often. I I want to watch it now, especially if you like it. Like, that really makes me want to watch it. It's one of those things where... You know how you had that family member tell you, you've got to turn off your... Your, critical brain your, yeah, your brain and just watch something for fun yeah that's what that ghostbusters movie is okay okay because th- they do a lot of referencing to actual like the original movies mm-hmm. in in like the way they handle something they might say like half a line that's reminiscent of a uh of one from the original movie but it's just literally four actor a- actresses having fun yeah in that world Devin, I'm going to see you again later this week. I'm going to let you yeah. borrow Ghostbusters Answer the Call to watch. Okay. And we'll get your thoughts on it next week. So okay, yeah. good. Do you want to hear your thoughts on the, the Paul Feig's Ghostbusters with Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy? Tune in next week. Good. Um, good, good, good. And you know I don't like Kristen Wiig, and I like her in that movie. Um, okay, good. I'm excited I then. Feel, I, I feel like 
we before we can talk more about the original Ghostbusters in this, we have to talk about Egon because okay, a big part of them being in this is is him is him yeah. Uh, so Egon's very much in this film. Yeah. Uh, he's in the beginning. He's uh, a lamp. He's a lamp. He's he's a ghost. Yeah. Like he's he, a lamp. Yeah. He's, he's not a go- he's not a lamp. He's a ghost. <laughs> he's manipulating a lamp. He's he's a ghost moving a lamp. Yeah. How did you guys feel about him not being seen but being there? Because I absolutely love the way they handled that. That to me was the... like Devin said. Him being in the movie is a giant camel can be and is a giant can of worms because yeah. the actor is no longer around mm-hmm, right. it hasn't been for a long time they couldn't have done a better job in in my opinion balancing what they did with egon's character they yeah. couldn't have done a better job balancing how much time you and i'm just going to say it how much time you see him right compared to how much time you see him manipulating things and don't see him and, and I agree. And I'm not one of those people that thinks that CGIing somebody into a movie is inherently disrespectful. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just not. Like, I enjoyed when Carrie Fisher's uh, Leia was yeah. in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. Yeah. I, I did. I, I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. As long as the estate's okay with how it's being handled, well, I think that's all that matters. In Rogue One, she was still alive. She passed away, like, two weeks after that movie came out. Oh, I, I got the timeline mixed it up. It was... Rise of Skywalker, they did. That was it. Yeah. Again, I'm fine with it. I mean, I know that she had more planned, but I think that I was fine with it. I I think that they did a lot. They did his character well. They, like, when they did end up show... Well, so first, when they didn't show him, you still got his personality. Yeah. Which I think is something that's really hard to do when you're just animating essentially a lamp. Or, like, you're animating, like, things here and there. Hmm, like The chessboard. Yeah, the chessboard. Yeah. Like, I thought that was really good. And then when you saw him, it it just worked. I don't think he looked too fake. I mean, and part of that might be because they made him, like, half a see-through ghost. So, like, <laughs> you can't even tell that it's, like, a fake aging of a – like, it, it kind of yeah. masks it. Or, yeah. But, like, there was a point where, like, I think one of the Ghostbusters – it might have been Bill Murray, like, apologizes to him. Maybe it was Dan Aykroyd, like, apologizes Aykroyd. to him. And then he, like, gives this, like, little shrug. I don't. I, or he like like gives like a smile or something. They nailed it. Like he nods his head a little bit. It, oh, yeah. they did it so freaking well. Like when my wife and I were watching the movie, mm-hmm. like I said, it was the only thing I said out loud. When we were watching it. I said they better not have him speak. He better not talk. And he didn't. And I was happy about that. What would have made it worse if he talked for you? That to me, like, is that the line though? Because we are now creating new lines when it's it comes to these things. It's not the line of him being passed away mm-hmm. and then CGIing him into the movie. That's not where – my line was they did so much animation-wise to show his personality, to yeah. show who he is as a ghost, that if he were to talk, it would almost make it more cartoonish Cheapen it. than more – like emotional okay and that's to where i was like please don't have him talk please don't have him talk and there's just that there's something in me that feels like it would have been too much got it alan did you have the same kind of reaction to it because you had mentioned that somebody that you know didn't like had a problem with this part of it uh 
So I'm curious to hear like all angles. It, it, it does tell the line. Uh, my wife wasn't a huge fan of it. Like I think once, I think the the moment that got her emotionally that she enjoyed was, and I do too, is when Egon shows up and is holding the yeah. the, the gun with, like helping his granddaughter with it. That's what got me with it. That was good. Um, I think the argument can be made that it goes on too long. Like you you give everyone there their moment except for the people who are the dogs <laughs> everyone gets their moment to say goodbye to egon right um and i i don't think he should have spoke like i, I like that they kept it silent yeah because uh, i have thoughts on the whole ai voice thing too um because that's the thing that's been used in stuff that you haven't seen yet Devin. uh really yeah okay um but i thought everything was t- tastefully done i was tr- i was on my phone here trying to figure out like what if they said like anything about permissions they had to get from the estate sure. or anything. Uh, I think, I think they did have cooperation of, of uh Harold Ramis's estate, but, oh, okay. um, but the film is dedicated to him. So everything they I do is in tribute. Yeah. I mean, and um, if I was the estate, I couldn't think of a better send off or a better like representation of that character. You know what I mean? Like he had this plan, like he laid everything out from the beginning. You watched it happen. Like, I don't know. I thought it was great. I really did. I liked it. Oh, so I just found what I was looking for. Oh, yeah. Um, when Ghostbusters, when the Ghostbusters torch passed to Jason Reitman, he knew he wanted to feature and pay tribute to Harold Ramis, uh, the socially awkward brains of the original Ghostbusters by a by a cameo. I looked at photographs of Harold in his later years, just before he passed. Uh, I started doing concepts, about five or six of them. Once we found the right expression, Violet Ramis, Harold's eldest daughter, daughter, saw it, and everyone signed off on it. I love it. So, um, I think knowing that makes it a little less dirty. Like they, like it, it would be one thing if they took a photo of him from Ghostbusters Two and did it. Yeah. But they, they did age him up naturally. Yeah. Um, I think they, they, the only thing I think they did because the last thing I remember seeing Harold Ramis in was Knocked Up because oh, he wow. plays Seth Rogen's dad. <laughs> And he was a little bit heavier than he was in this. I don't yeah. know if he lost some weight towards oh, the sure. end. Um, but I wouldn't be mad about that either. No, no. Uh, <laughs> but I, th- I like, it's weird going to a New York Comic Con panel and like crying at a scene. Yeah, but this would have been it, man. But like everyone else was there doing it too. So <laughs> I didn't feel bad. I was going to say, you're at New York Comic Con. You're at a panel full of Ghostbusters fans. Everyone's going to be crying. Yep. That's 100%. that's like the <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. What else do we want to talk about with Ghostbusters? Do you guys have any podcast? Oh, we haven't talked about. We're on a podcast. We gotta talk about. Oh, podcasts. we talk about podcast. Oh. Much like podcasts, our show really hit its stride in the forty-six episode. <laughs> Did it though? I wasn't here for that. I don't know. So what was the forty-six episode. You made a comment before. I want to hear the your take on the character. Okay, I hated him until they paid him off. <laughs> I hated him the whole time. The whole time. I like that there was a character that's like, I understand the lore of all of this. I yeah. like that because I feel like you needed somebody to be like, no, ghosts are totally real. Here's the thing. Like, you needed someone to buy into it. I guess podcasting is just too close to home. Like, he could have just been a ghost nerd, and I would have been totally fine with it. He didn't need to be a podcaster about it. Like, I didn't like that. But dang it, then I like that, that Dan Aykroyd was his one his one subscriber. Yeah. That was really good. <laughs> so, yeah, sure, I hated him the entirety of the movie and he redeemed himself in minute like you know in, in like the two hour mark 
So uh, I just found out what our 46th episode was. I'm not going to say it on the air. But 42nd or 46? 46. 46. <laughs> was I there for that? No. Uh, no. Okay. It, was, it was like right before you joined the show. Oh, uh, was it a uh, bad one? No, it wasn't a bad later. one. We'll, we'll, we'll tell you later. Okay, good. It's just funny that that's the 46. Yeah, it is. Um, if you're interested, you can find us on Spotify. Yeah. Yeah, yeah all and major that, podcasts and platforms. And that episode. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The, the the character of podcast yeah. um it hit too close to home yeah me too simply because it's like it's a character of like you know granted it's a it's a little kid so he's like really um obsessed with it right and everything but it's just i mean like those are the jokes those are the stereotypical jokes of like the whole podcasting thing and and i get that um i on a different note gonna complain completely turn around what i wanted to talk about about him because of what you said oh I... now the way you felt about podcast yeah is how i feel about uh spider-man's friend in the new movies ned ned that's that's how much ned annoys me but he redeemed himself for you in the last five minutes of the latest movie <laughs> he, he he has not done that yet though no. oh. <laughs> i'm just saying i'm just <laughs> wait till he becomes hobgoblin and you'll love him yeah <laughs> <laughs> um it was weird in the panel because all the kids were there for the panel. Okay. The a- actor wise, it was all the kids in Carrie Coon. That was it. Weird. So you didn't no, get you didn't get Paul Rudd. No Paul Rudd. Uh, um, Paul Rudd's not going to New York Comic Con. I'm sorry. Paul Rudd could go to New York. He Comic-Con. could. No, he could. Yeah, he could. <laughs> I'm trying to make a joke saying it's not as you know it's not like he's more like San Diego Comic Con like that's fair that's probably true. yeah yeah uh, I think he was busy filming a Marvel movie so I think that's why he wasn't there. Well, there's that too. Um, okay. But like, so they introduced the kid as podcast. I'm like, wait, the character's name is podcast. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't wait until November to see this movie to actually find out what that. Oh, wait, never mind. Oh, there it is. Yeah, <laughs> there there it is. is the movie. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the, the kids seemed cool. Like he was really excited to be there. And oh, he, really? like they, I think they made jokes about the fact that everyone else had like hit puberty before the panel, like in between. Oh yeah, he did it. He oh. still was like super short and had to like jump into the st- the chair. Poor podcast. Yeah. Did, did, did. Uh, so on the panel, was he was he uh, was he more or less excited to be on the panel than he was to be in jail? About the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only real insight that I I like to bring up from the panel was Jason Reitman talked a bit about the future of the franchise, and I think. Oh, yeah, there's definitely ask. a future. There has to be. So, Is there? So what Jason Reitman's goal was for the future of this, these films going forward was to let any filmmaker come in and do whatever they want with the Ghostbusters world. Like, tell the stories they want to tell without being beholden to Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray. Because they're done. Their characters are wrapped. Their characters we are don't done. Need them anymore. They can still be there. Like, they don't have to be the main story. But they, sure. can, they can still be there. And I think the, the second post credit scene with... Um, Annie Potts yeah. and why am I blanking on his name? Ernie Hudson. Oh yeah. The, the, that final scene with them mm-hmm. establishing that Ghostbusters are going to be back. Mm-hmm. I think lends itself to stories that they can tell with other filmmakers. Yeah. What if this is what that, uh, the kid from stranger things and uh, it does for, for the rest of his career. Just, ghostbusters movies he turns into like the next generation like the next uh um 
not Egon, but like the next uh like Ray or something. Like yeah. he takes over that role and like they follow him in New York doing the whole Ghostbusters. I don't even thing. think you need to bring those kids in. I think it would be great to see more of Phoebe. Yeah. Going forward. I think if you oh, leave, her, yes. leave her in and maybe expand it with different characters who yeah. are just as enthusiastic about this stuff. Uh, I think that'd be a great way to go forward with it. Um, the only other cameo I would want to see in a future Ghostbusters film is Rick Moranis. Oh, that would Cause be Because he's fun. the only one we didn't get in this. Well, I mean, if they're going to go back to New York, like he could just be bumping around New York. Yeah. Like, oh, look, here it is. Mm-hmm. He he could go back to being like, like the trainer. Like oh, yeah. For you know, like the new hires. He like could, he's yeah. the one that takes care of HR and then he's yeah. the one that takes care of training. Because... You know, everybody in New York who was there on New Year's are, is going to remember him as the one that busted that jello mold off of the uh, <laughs> off of the museum. That's right. So he's the one that's going to teach them how to use the proton packs. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I really am. And like, <laughs> I look. I think if they go into like a future version of Ghostbusters, I think we can be done with Gozer. I think we can be done with Zool. I don't need to see. Oh, what was the guy's name? Vigo. I, Vigo. That's it. I want Vigo back though. Do you? I, I want Vigo back in a small part. I don't want a whole movie on Vigo. I think you can do something with Vigo that's not Vigo, like a, like a cameo, right? Like but pass it in a museum and be like, like, is that that guy looking at me? Like, right? Oh. Do, do something with it, but like, don't don't make him a whole movie again. Yeah. Like if they really do kind of make this as a jumping off point, I think it's good. I think they'd have to get it totally correct. <sighs> But like I don't know I I just yeah. I just I just thought up of a line okay in a future Ghostbusters movie okay to 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 be to to be the perfect addition to just hint at Ghostbusters two okay okay at some point they walk into a room or a house or a building and it's like covered in like echoplasm okay just all over the place because something happened you know whatever. And then somebody complains about, like, slipping. And then one of the other new Ghostbusters goes, hey, man, it could be a river of slime. At least it's not as, at least it's not that bad. Yeah, exactly. Or something like that. I, I think you could bring in Oscar, the baby from Ghostbusters 2, oh, as a character. You could. You Where could. was Slimer? No, I'm glad there wasn't Slimer. No. no. My wife and I were waiting for him. Sli- to come Slimer by. lives in New York. That's fair. Muncher lives in Somerville. Okay. I wanted Slimer. I'm sorry. My I, wife and I wanted Slimer. That would have gotten my bingo card. What did you think? Okay. The last question before we move on. What did you think of Muncher? I liked Muncher. Oh, yeah. I really did. My wife liked him too much to where she actually got kind of angry that it looked like his belly was burning when he was being held by uh, the pronto like pack. It, like it would have gotten hurt. Yeah, yeah. And because one, okay, so she liked him. She thought she, 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 she thought he was cute. Right. Because he, because he was, because he, because one, he, he looked like a bald old man. Of course he did. Okay. And he had the body of a, a water bear. Yep, he did. He really did. It looks like he was like roughly based on a water bear. And my wife loves water bears. <laughs> so it was one of those things Good. where like, she was like, oh, it's so cute. Like, he's cute. And then like, they were trying to catch him. And she's like, why doesn't that dumb kid open up the trap already? Like, it was like that type of thing. Because like, he was in pain. You're hurting him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I liked him. I, okay. I think he served more of a purpose than Slimer did. And a lot of it, I like he didn't have him drive a car, which is also, I think, a good a good use of a ghost. But yeah, I liked it. Okay. Slimer is like my favorite thing from Ghostbusters besides like the core members. That's why I like... I like his yeah. Ecto Cooler a lot. I have but some. But anyway. I know, and I love oh. that. Do you want oh, some? Yeah. I don't need some right now, but I will later. 
that does it for our conversation on Ghostbusters Afterlife. Stay tuned for later this week when we drop the second half of our supersized live stream where we talk about Power of the Dog and what we watched over the last week. That'll be dropping this Friday, so stay tuned and make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all major podcasting platforms. We will see you Friday.